This episode is brought to you by Command Creative Studios. Looking to jump into the podcast world and start making your own content? Command Creative Studios is your one-stop shop for professional podcasts. With a team of audio engineers, music composers, and graphic designers, Command Creative Studios can get your podcast sounding professional as well as looking professional with custom music and artwork that's designed for your creative vision. Command Creative Studios also offers editing, mixing, as well as uploading your content to all major podcast services. For more information, please visit commandcreativestudios.com. That's commandcreativestudios.com. A self-centered weatherman finds himself in a time loop, and the day will keep repeating until he gets it right. On this episode of Still Holds Up, we're talking about the classic Bill Murray movie, Groundhog Day. Let's get into it. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. Weatherman Phil Connors is spending the day in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Phil? Ned! Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Bing! But Phil's about to find out. He's not just stuck in Puxatawney. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%. He's stuck... In Groundhog Day. I'm reliving the same day over and over. Bill? Ned Ryerson? Bang! Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. Well, it's Groundhog Day. Again? At first, he was a little anxious. Bill? What? Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? I'd say the chance of departure is 80%. But now, we could do whatever we want. He's discovering the possibilities. Don't you worry about cholesterol? Why? And living life Mm. like there's no tomorrow. Phil Connors! Ned! Because... There isn't. I am an immortal. I have been stabbed, shot, burned, frozen, electrocuted. I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. He's out of his gourd. But to get what his heart wants most... What are you looking for, Phil? A date for the weekend? ...means living this day over again <laughs> till he gets it right. Believe it or not, I studied 19th century French poetry. <laughs> what a waste of time. I study 19th century French poetry. La fille qui You speak French. We. Bill Murray. Andy McDowell. To the groundhog. I always drink to world peace. Well, what should we drink to? I like to say a prayer and drink to world peace. Don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. Life has a funny way of repeating itself. What did you do today? Oh, same old, same old.
Max, we are back. It's been a while since we've done one of these podcasts. Yeah, it's a little break from after the holiday. We got into a little lo- la- The Last of Us podcast, doing a couple of episodes there. But yeah. we're back. Yeah. Back well, better than ever. We're back with uh, another episode. This one's for Groundhog Day. Yeah. Apropos, this week is Groundhog Day. It yeah. Is on the 2nd, right? What is that, Thursday? It's this Thursday, yeah. Yeah, this Thursday. Actually, it might be the day we're dropping this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's today. Uh, real fast, uh, thanks again to everyone who's been supporting us through our, uh, I guess, our buildup of this media. Con- I don't even know how to even say what we are, but we're just, we're a, we're a podcast group. Anyways, thanks so much to everyone. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Knight Rider 169 um, You know, you guys can all be a Patreon too if you want to. Patron, Patreon. Patron. Patron. You guys can be a patron, patron too. Patron on Patreon. Yeah. Just head <laughs> over, click the link. All right. Enough of that. Let's talk about Groundhog Day. All right. This movie was directed by uh, Harold Ramis, written by Danny Rubin, and uh, screenplay was uh, Harold Ramis. Uh, lead stars are Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, and Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott's that guy that I always thought would be maybe funnier and stuff. He's yes. <laughs> he's more of a goof, and he doesn't really make you laugh too much. Not that much, but I, I will always remember him for... Um, the Fingers? Yeah. <laughs> I'll remember him, yeah. Um, something about Mary, definitely, yeah. for sure. But he was tamed in this one. Yeah, he's got it. Well, I mean, you can't go... I. There might have been a conversation with Bill Murray and his reps saying, this guy needs to, I'm the star. You just need to calm down. Yeah, he was. Know your place. It was Jimmy Olsen in this one. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, music was composed uh, by, I moved that link. Where'd it go? Uh, George Fenton. You may know him from such blockbuster movies as Fool's Gold and The Bounty Hunter with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Movies I didn't are... see either one of those. <laughs> Keep going. All right. The movie's rated PG. Uh, it was released in February 12th, 1993, and it jumped to number one at the box office. Wait, it was released after Groundhog's Day? You said February 12th? Yeah, I guess so. It Looks def- like they missed the missed it, but it you know paid off in the box office. Um, let's see. The movies that were out around that time were movies that, like, the big blockbuster movies, I guess, would, was they already came out the previous year. So let's see. So Groundhog Day came out at um, number one in the box office. Then there was Sorm, Sorm, Sormsby. Never heard of this movie. No. Um, and there's Aladdin, Loaded Weapon 1. Funny. Uh, Homeworld Bound, The Incredible Journey, Scent of a Woman, Sniper, A Few Good Men, The Vanishing, and The Crying Game. So, but the big movies, though, in this, like Aladdin, that came out on November 13th. Yeah. Um, Scent of a Woman, December 23rd, uh, 23. And then you've got A Few Good Men, December 11th. And then The Crying Game, November 27th. So those movies have already been out for a while. So the Groundhog, when Groundhog Day came out, there wasn't a lot of competition for it. So Yeah. I think the following year, I mean, it's kind of famous, 1994, a lot of major movies came out that year. Just yeah. dodged those, but yeah. Yeah. Um. So let's see. The budget was a little over fourteen million, and then it grossed uh, about seventy million. But with inflation, if that movie came out today, the budget would have been around thirty million. It would have grossed a hundred over a hundred and forty-six million dollars. Not bad. That's not bad at all. Not bad. Not Home Alone, but not bad. Not Home Alone numbers, but that's not bad. <laughs> let's see the reviews. Uh, Ron, well, well, 
as of right now, it sits as a 94% of Rotten Tomatoes, um, 8.1 on IMDb, and 72% on the metric scale. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right, so back in the day, though, Siskel and Ebert, they gave it two thumbs up. So Siskel called it a good-hearted fable that makes him think of It's a Wonderful Life. Um, and then Ebert, Ebert liked it as well, saying it's the perfect movie for Bill Murray. He's always putting everything down in his movies, and this time he's putting himself down till it doubles back. That's okay. Uh, it's a good script with the right actor and right director. Yeah. So both fans, so I would say rarely do we agree with them, yeah. and I'm going to go out and say I agree with them as of right now. Yeah, you know, when I was re-watching it, I didn't think about It's a Wonderful Life, but I get that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so let's see. Let's do some quick trivia before we actually jump into what happens in the movie. Let's see. So Bill Murray, he was bitten twice by the groundhog while he was shooting. Uh, he had to have anti-rabies injected uh, because the bites were very severe. Uh, originally, Harold Ramis wanted Tom Hanks for the lead, but decided against it, saying that Hanks was too nice. Uh, hold on. Before you, before you keep going, you're telling me that the beef, the the groundhog that they got for this movie they didn't know if it had rabies or not that they had to like wouldn't you check to make sure it's like a healthy or safe groundhog before you just like have them working with i would think so yeah you think bill murray might have that in his contract but (laughs) that's fine all right see the film was not filmed in pontatawney pennsylvania but it was actually filmed in woodstock illinois just 50 miles from bill murray's hometown um there's a small plaque that reads bill murray uh, stepped here. Remember, like, every single time in the movie he steps off the curb yeah, and then goes into the that puddle. giant puddle, they put a plaque there, which is pretty nice, I oh, guess. that's pretty cool. There's another plaque on the building wall at the corner that says Ned's Corner, where Phil Connors was constantly accosted by Ned Reiners. Right? Mm-hmm. Reiner? Reiners? For insurance. Ryder, Ryerson. Ryerson. Ned Ryerson. Yeah, that's right. During the Ned scene. In the, um, yeah. Also in the Ned scene, you can see uh, on one of the buildings it says uh, Woodstock Jewelers. Oh, in the, in the background. So that's pretty nice. <laughs> um, this one's funny. So Bill Murray was undergoing a divorce at the time of filming and was obsessed about the film. He would ring Hal Ramis constantly, um, often early in early hours of the morning. Ramis eventually sent the screenwriter, Danny Rubin, to sit with Bill Murray and iron out all of his uh, anxieties. One of the reasons why Bill Murray stopped speaking to Ramis for several years. Several oh, really? years. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, let's see. The film. The film's released. The town, uh, Ponsatani. I, can't, I always have a hard time saying it. Is that how you say it? Ponsatani? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh. has now become a major tourist attraction. Um, I think this is funny because the movie wasn't even filmed there. Yeah, but they become. Yeah. So not, do they really do the groundhog thing? I didn't do any research on that. Did they really do that? Still do that? You know, I didn't either. Probably should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the song, this last one I got. So the song that greets Bill Murray every every morning, I've Got You, Babe, by Sonia and Cher, was in the Danny Rubin's original script from the beginning. The song is known for its seemingly endless repetitive chorus, which mirrors Phil's uh, predicament in the film. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty good. That's clever. I like when they pick songs that are clever, you know, with those kind of meanings right there. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into the movie. Let's talk about some scenes. Let's talk about the whole, I guess, the whole idea of this movie. So I think this movie is broken into certain sections um, for the lead character, uh, Phil, um, played by Bill Murray, uh, Bill Connors. So 
basically in the start of the movie, you've got jerk Phil. <laughs> and then once everything starts happening with the loop and stuff, you've got like, you know, paranoid Phil. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, I guess, full on jerk mode Phil, which I, I had a name for it, but it's, you know, he realizes he has a certain power and then he can do anything. And then you, you see him use that power throughout the movie and then you've yeah, got no filter. He's no, no yeah. Uh, he's, he's he uses his power free. for evil. Yeah. And then you've got um, there's no repercussions, so he could do whatever you want. Pretty much. But then once he realizes at some point in the movie, which we'll talk about these scenes, um, that he's be, he's stuck in this world with really no. How do I say this? There's really no reward. There's really no like um, fulfillment. Mm. I guess what I found because he tries to. He fall. He tries to do, you know, make the move on Rita, and it doesn't really work out his way. Work his in his favor. So yeah. then you kind of see him go to a little suicidal. Yeah, and you know, it gets a little tragic. But then you kind of see like he feels like he's kind of a god for a little bit. And then there's Redemption Phil, which kind of breaks the spell of the entire thing. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. So the movie starts with uh, a jerk named Phil. Uh, he basically seems to hate everybody and he hates everything. He thinks he's better than everyone, right? Yeah. So you kind of see him in the beginning as a yeah, weatherman. In Pittsburgh. Like, it's not even a, like, it's, Pittsburgh is not like New York or anything like that. Right, yeah. And he's like, he's on airs and he, he's telling everybody, I'm gonna, I'm off to better places. He's like, I think he mentioned something about in a year I won't be here, you know? I think he says there's a major network that's looking yeah, into him. Interested him. <laughs> and then, um, I think, uh, somebody says, is it the Home Shopping Network? Like yeah. he, he kind of jabs him a little bit because he's he's nobody's favorite person. No, he's I, mean, I kind of feel like he's a little bit of a joke to everybody. Yeah. Um. So it's he thinks going to Punxsutawney to cover the groundhog is beneath him. It's totally beneath him. So he's very he's very upset about doing this. Like, dude, you're the weatherman. I mean, what, yeah. you're, you're not you're not breaking stories well, here. He's, I don't think he's just the weatherman though. Is he weatherman? And he's also the co-host, isn't he? I mean, it's, no, it's, it's, it's the like weatherman. It's a, but he gets back on the main news desk. Kind well, of, the weathermans do that. Do they? Well, eh, Sam, I grew up with Sam Champion in in New York. He always got Sam he, Champion. He walked. He walked back to. He used to walk back and have his spot next to the sports guy. They always go. End up going back to the desk. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, so let's let's fast forward a little bit. So he's in Pontitani right now, and. He's at the bed and breakfast because he didn't want to, he wasn't, a, he didn't want to go to the hotel. So they yeah. put him up at a bed and breakfast, maybe because they didn't want to be in the same place as him. Who knows? Well, he and said, he said he, he, he hated staying there the, the previous two years or something like that. Yeah. But, but the producer, I don't know if she knew about it or not. Yeah. She was just kind of like, oh no, we set you up in this bed and breakfast over here. Kind of gave me the vibe that they just didn't want to be around him because he kind of like pisses them off. Okay. So here, let's just put you over in this other bed and breakfast. But they asked him for dinner that night and he kind of like. Rejected them. That's true. But she's a very polite person. Rita's a yeah. very polite person. Yeah. As we find out later. Um, so anyways, so I did pull a scene that I wanted to, sh uh, that I wanted to listen to or watch and, you know, yeah. our uh, listeners listen to. And it's the scene when he comes down from the bed and breakfast downstairs and he talks to the lady who's running the place. Yeah. And he's just such a rude person. So this is the state of that Phil is in in the beginning of this movie before yeah. he starts going into this Groundhog Day loop. Right. Mrs. Lancaster. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's listen to it. You, would you like some coffee? I don't suppose there's any possibility of getting an espresso or a cappuccino this morning, is there? Oh, I I really don't know. Um, How to spell espresso or cappuccino. 
This looks fine. I hope you enjoyed the festivities. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to. There's, uh, there's talk of a blizzard. Well, we may catch a break, and that blizzard's going to blow right by us. All of this moisture coming up out of the south, by midday, is probably going to push on to the east of us. And at high altitudes, it's going to crystallize and give us what we call snow. Probably be some accumulation. But here in Punxsutawney, our high's going to get up to about 30 today. Teens tonight, chance precipitation about 20% today, 20% tomorrow. Did you want to talk about the weather, or were you just making chit-chat? Chit-chat. Okay. See you later. He's acting for espresso and a cappuccino in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Yeah, come that, on, dude. That's full on jerk mode. There's no reason to talk to anybody like that. She's just she's just there trying to be helpful. Yeah, someone's granny, man. Yeah, so I mean that's full on. I mean, in a way, I know we were gonna do Scrooged at some point, and we ended yeah. up not doing it. Yeah. Um, this is Scrooged right now. This yeah. is this is this is Bill Murray from that movie. Yep. And he's just in Punxsutawney. Yep. Punxsutawney, Pensatawney. Punxsutawney. Punxsutawney. Yeah. This will be fun saying this over Punxsutawney. and over again. Punxsutawney. Yeah. Peter Piper. No, anyways. All right. So, <laughs> anyways. So, after that scene, you go see, Phil goes and he does the Groundhog Day festivities. Reluctantly. Reluctantly. And then can't wait to jump on a, on a, get in the, get in the van, drive home. But now he's stuck there, right? So, yeah. the, the, he was wrong during his forecast. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like uh, Phil... The groundhog. Let's not forget that Phil, the groundhog, is uh, you know they have they extra six in. weeks, right? Yeah, of, of winter, right? Um, so now he's stuck there. So he's got to go back, hang out. He's a little upset with it. Um, he falls asleep, wakes up the next day, and help me with something before you keep going. Okay, when he comes back, right? He's he, he they, he's I don't know. He's at the gas station or something. And he's calling. Oh, this is like the, yeah. the why is he calling? Who's he calling? I don't know who he's talking what, to, but like, I love the, the fact operator. that he's talking to the operator and he's like, Is there satellite? Is there like why is the lines down? But why does he need to no, call no, no. anybody? I, I love how it? I love how he says, Is there a uh, where's where's the line oh, for the for celebrities? And celebrities. There, the emergencies for celebrities. Dude, I need to be on that uh, both. line. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Isn't there a line for emergencies and isn't there a line for celebrities? Well, I'm both. <laughs> it's like I, I don't know who he's talking who, to. Maybe, and why? What's the phone call going to do for you? Maybe he thinks that there's some special plane or some special helicopter. <laughs> oh, know, yeah. They're going to... That's, snowmobile. that's what it is. They're going to fly in yeah. and, and helicopter him out of Pensatawney. Pensatawney. <laughs> <laughs> Put a little, little Boston in there. Bo- Pensatawney. All right. So, all right. He's... Uh, so, now it's the next morning yeah. and he hears the same song that he woke up to from the alarm clock from the previous day and he still hasn't put two and two together yet. Right. Yeah. So he walks out the front door and he sees the same guy that greeted him about um, it being the Groundhog Day. Yeah. Oh, that guy, what was that guy's name? Uh, he's a Santa from Home Alone. My he friend. is the Santa from Home Alone. That's yes, right. He is. What was that guy's name? Do we have this on here? Uh, yes, we do. We should. Uh, it's Ken Hudson Campbell, my that's friend. That's right. That's right. He did such a great Santa in Home Alone. He's, yeah, and he's, he's Max from uh, uh, from Armageddon. That's right. Let's not forget Armageddon. Yeah, he's he's he had a couple. Man, of He stuff. got blown up into space, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Max. Yeah, he was in the the. <laughs> <laughs> well, he started flipping out, and he, you know, <laughs> I, I would have held my composure. How would you not be flipping out? You're a guy who's a driller who's on a comet. <laughs> like, what just happened here? <laughs> That's not what you planned for your life, right? We'll pull it back. Pull it back. We're yeah. in Pontatani. Yeah, <laughs> we're in Pontatani. We'll do Armageddon another day. Oh, please. <laughs> I don't know if I want to or not. All right. So, anyway, so it's he still hasn't 
figured it out yet. But as the day moves on and he keeps reliving the same things over and over again, he kind of he starts to flip out a little bit, right? Yeah. This this is extreme deja vu. Extreme all over to the again. Yeah, it's maxed out. So um I don't remember if it ends if he ends up going to another day before he actually goes to Rita for some help. I think it's a couple, maybe it's the it's the next Yeah, the loop. next time loop. Yeah, it's the next loop. So finally, he's in full loop now. Yeah. So now he's going to Rita, very sweet producer Rita, and he's actually kind of telling her like the situation that he's in asking for her help yeah and she talks him talks to him for a little bit he ends up going to a uh no he doesn't go to the therapist first Who no. does he go to first no he thinks he thinks he well he goes she she thinks he's crazy and of she course should she see does. a neurologist yeah so he goes and to that's ne- who gets who happens to be harold remus yeah that's, <laughs> that's right that's harold remus yeah <laughs> you know so he goes sees that and then she also said go see a psychiatrist and he sees a psychiatrist <laughs> and the guy goes you know i really only deal with like families and then he was proud to have i have an alcoholic he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like so it, i mean it's pinksatawny right what, what, what do they have there not too much well they had a neurologist which was pretty impressive that was pretty and what was impressive he got both all both of these appointments in on groundhog's day this that's you know that same day yeah it seems like that that town is built for this holiday yeah. holiday is it a holiday this for event, them it is for the yeah the festival. fact that these guys showed up for work though that day is pretty impressive that is very impressive you know, and then he's like, <laughs> also highly unlikely, but let's yeah. move on. <laughs> <laughs> Very. All right. So as the day goes on, he is now getting into depressed. Yeah. Well, he's, he's still a little crazy. He goes bowling with a couple of guys from the diner. I right? don't know if he's bowling. He's just sitting in the yeah, bowling alley. He's bowling alley. Apparently out of all the bars that you found at Pentatani, <laughs> yeah. you found the bowling alley. He's over there with Gus. Gus is dropping knowledge though. Yeah. This. Uh, yeah. But so Gus, he's my favorite neighbor. Uh, Rick, how do I say his last name? Duke Dukeman? 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 Dukeman. So he's the neighbor from the movie you have not seen yet, which is The Burbs. Yeah. Which is pretty disappointing. It's, it's kind of where we live, man. So he's sitting there with Gus and he's sitting there uh, with Ralph, who's uh, played by uh, Rick Overton. He's in Willow. And he, it gets into a little bit of a deep conversation. Yeah. Um, Gus, you know, basically says, like, you know, Phil, you're a, Half empty. Yeah, you're half a pessimist. Ha- yeah, you know? yeah, you're not, you know, just... All while drunk. All while drunk, yeah. giving them knowledge. Yeah, it gets a little little deep there for a second, but then they jump in a car. Phil decides to be the designated driver, which I think out of all the things we've seen of him so far is, is yeah. a pretty nice gesture. Let's keep in mind that he's awesome. he hasn't even been, you know, the homeless man's not giving him some uh, money as he's walked by Oh, yeah, him. he's still a jerk. Le- yeah, still like three or four times at, at this point now. When he runs into Ned, he's like... Still a jerk. Well, I don't know how you couldn't be a jerk to Ned. Um, <laughs> to I didn't pull any shirts. scenes for him, but I'm sure if anyone's seen the movie, uh, Ned Ned Ryerson. Yeah, we heard him in the in the trailer. He's a pretty obnoxious person. So trying to sell insurance. You don't buy insurance from people like that. Anyways, <laughs> so the next scene we're gonna play is Phil actually realizing that he could do whatever he wants to do without any repercussions. Yeah, right. So let's uh, let's take a listen. Let me ask you guys a question. What if there were no tomorrow? No tomorrow. That would mean there would be no consequences. There would be no hangovers. We could do whatever we wanted. That's true. We could do whatever we want. Yeah. The light bulb. Bing. (laughs) This is where we get 
in my opinion, fill that I think the majority of the people would become at some point. I think yeah. I think all the stages uh, that Phil goes through this movie, I think is the is the, is probably the stages that most people would go through. And this stage is probably going to be the funnest for most people because yeah. I like saying most people, so I'm going to say most people again. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be the funnest for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I know uh, me. I would I would be a little more cautious. I would test things out. I would escalate a little more. Like maybe I would like put a marker to my hand and see if the next morning it's gone, you know, before I go and do anything crazy. Well, at this point <laughs> it's been 4 or 5 days now. But I see when I when I it's been a while since I've oh, seen this movie. When I saw this scene right here, I yeah. thought is he, is he already going to test the the Yeah, his the, limits, right? The the, the the death limit already yeah. with two people in the car cuz I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously that doesn't happen, but you get no. to see now he gets arrested. He gets arrested, but he starts using his power that he has. Yeah. It's a power for for evil. Yeah, because because when he wakes up the next morning and he goes down to um, Mrs. Lancaster, he he, he kind of asks, "Is there any police looking for me?" Kind of you know, uh, just to make sure that whatever happens that day really does get wiped. And that's when he really is like, uh, uh, he's going full force. Yeah. He starts off small. Okay? Yeah, getting arrested we, is okay. But we can say Life. this is your marker where he goes to the local diner and he orders everything on the menu. Yeah. And he sits there and starts eating everything in front of Rita. <laughs> and she's like, aren't you afraid of like high cholesterol and he love handles? Smoking. And then I start thinking of my love handles. I'm like, all right. So, but then you get to see him kind of use his power for manipulation. I guess that yeah. would be the best way to say this. No, he's, uh, yeah. Well, this, this is when we're introduced to Nancy. Yeah. And so he speed dating, maybe sure we can call it speed dating. Let's just listen to the scene and then we can talk about the scene. All right, here we go. Hey, did you see the groundhog this morning? Uh huh. I never miss it. What's your name? Nancy Taylor. And you are? What high school did you go to? What? High school. Lincoln in Pittsburgh. Who are you? Who was your 12th grade English teacher? <laughs> are you kidding? No, no, no. In 12th grade, your English teacher was... Mrs. Walsh. Mrs. Walsh, yeah. Nancy. Lincoln. Walsh. Okay, thanks very much. Hey! Hey! All right, so now it's next day. Yeah. Now we're going to use that power. Oh, yeah. Use that knowledge for evil. <laughs> it's not evil. Th this is Nancy? evil, dude. <laughs> Nancy Taylor. <laughs> Lincoln High School. I sat next to you in Mrs. Walsh's English class. Oh, I'm sorry. Phil Connors. Wow, that's amazing. You don't remember me, do you? Um... I even asked you to the prom. Phil Connors? I was short and I've sprouted. Yeah. Gosh, how are you? I mean, it's just a little speed dating, sort of. Yeah, I don't know about that. All right. It's an icebreaker. It's like an icebreaker game. Now he knows her name. <laughs> So okay, well, well, he uses this power to sleep with her. So 
Well, they go on a date. I mean, they have. He does show her a good time. And sure. Did did was it all in the same loop, or he did a couple of loops to get everything? No, right? that was that was. I think this was all in one loop. Okay. The Rita one. That's that's one one oh, I, I want to talk about a lot. Yeah. So you start seeing his power. He using his power for evil. He now you see him rob, um, rob oh, a money truck with the two old <laughs> yeah. grandpas. Yeah. I mean, so but then he uses that money and he <laughs> he dresses up as a cowboy, and, it, and then he bought, gets buys a Mercedes. Yeah, he's uh, got some other girl. She she dresses up as a um as a maid a maid and then tells her that they're going to a costume party yeah and he just like he doesn't even leave character he's kind of just act he's just he's goofing around he's, now he's, he's using his power for for goofness and stuff so you know part of me good for him you know take advantage of it i guess but then after all this stuff he decides to set his targets on rita yeah and you can see he puts a, i mean there's a lot of loops in this to get oh, yeah. this right because he's starting off with a girl who doesn't like him and so he has to change her opinion of him in really in one day. Yeah. But it's multiple, obviously multiple, hours. multiple, multiple loops. Yeah. yeah. And he finds out what her favorite drink is. Um, Everything. Yeah. Favorite drink. I guess how, what she toasts for. Um, so you have a problem with him doing this with Rita, finding all this information on multiple loops compared to Miss Nancy over there? I don't know, man. It's is, the same is, this, thing. is this a moral podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. It's the same thing. I guess so. If you get you get to know somebody, but yeah. then, but he's but he's also changing who he is in order to advance on her. Well, and it doesn't work out. He's improving himself. That's one of the big. He's not improving, but no, he's not improving he's himself doing, yet. No, he hasn't gotten to that point yet. Right oh, now, the, he's well, I'm still, talking about overall in the movie. Like he's well, improving himself over the the course of the movie, the piano and all that kind of but crap. But we're not there yet. He's, he's still he's still trying to use his powers for, in my opinion, evil. He's not trying yeah. to better himself. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to take advantage of people with with you know the situation that he's stuck in. I guess if you're going to be stuck in the situation and you know that there's no ramification or why ramific not? Yeah, why not? Just Shoot keep going shot. for it. Yeah. So he's making his moves on Rita and it takes, it's a lot of loops to get, to get the sequence right up to the point where she actually yeah. starts to look at him in that way. <laughs> and I mean, it goes as far as getting her into his hotel room, um, some kissing, but then there's, he has a frustration point, right? You can yeah. totally see that it's not working with her. Why isn't it not working with her? And it worked for these other girls and she slaps him. And then you kind of see it, um, the loops go backwards. Like he kind of, he keeps trying to do it again, but yeah. it gets farther back, farther back into their dates where he's not even really even, it doesn't even look like they're even making it out of the bar no, yeah, at some he, point. He's just pissing her off even more. Yeah. Cause he's just, he's definitely going, he's just showing his frustration towards her and like his over, I guess, achieving, like what would be the right word for this? What do you mean? He's just being overzealous. Yeah. 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 I guess so. That works. I'm going to use it. Stamp it. Move on. <laughs> so and this is this is the point now where he starts getting depressed, right? So you went from jerk Phil yeah. to paranoid Phil to evil Phil, I mean, evil manipulation Phil to now depressed Phil to the point now where he's like, I'm just going to keep trying to kill myself. He's gotten to that point. Yeah, because he's obviously really likes her, and now he's full blown depressed. Because well, I don't think after he, all the tactics. He no, still I don't. Can't even get I don't her. think he even knows he really likes her yet. I don't like. In my opinion, I don't think he's hit that point yet. Oh, yeah? I think right now he just hit a point where it's just what he's been doing in order to kind of keep him going forward. Yeah, 
to not go insane is not really working for him anymore. Wow. And so, I mean, it's worked for him on every other step <laughs> except for her. So now he's throwing himself in truck in front of trucks. He's taking, you know, he walks downstairs, gets the toaster, tries to kill himself in the bath by electrocuting yeah. himself, jumps off of a building. He's trying all kinds of things. And then at some point, he's just like, I can't, what is, what is there now? Right? Yeah. You think? Like, he's just like, I mean, if I can't kill myself, I can't manipulate people the way I want to manipulate them. What is the point of actually being yeah, doing here? all this? So now he's, he's back in the diner again for the, you know, umpteenth time. <laughs> and now he's confiding in Rita, you know, basically telling her that he's a god, right? Yeah. And I think we, we heard that in the trailer. I was going to play it again. Oh, when he walks through the diner and he's just No, no, just no. Like, I want to play that part. But the part oh. when he's sitting at the table. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah. You know, let's play it again. Let's yeah, play it again. Play it, play it. I'm sorry. What was that again? I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think. Because you survived a car wreck? You folks ready to order? I didn't just survive a wreck. I wasn't just blown up yesterday. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. Oh, really? And every morning I wake up without a scratch on me, not a dent in the fender, I am an immortal. I love that line. Yeah. I wasn't just blown up yesterday. <laughs> So now he's kind of, he's, you know, he's confining her, letting, I mean, he's, he's at the point now, he's just, I'm just going to tell her the truth, you know, again, but now he, now he can go a step further. And then in this next scene that I want to play yeah. is because all of his time in this town manipulating people, he's basically learned everything about everyone around him. And now, so now he's going to use this knowledge to prove his point to Rita. Yeah. That he's God. Yeah. So. And no, he, no, he, he mentions he's not that God, he's a God. He's a God because he said, he's like, God just knows, all, he's been a lo around long enough to know everything. Maybe, yeah, and maybe that, that's why he knows everything because he's been around he's so been, long. He's been around so long. Right, so. so let's listen to this scene. I could come back if you're not ready. How do you know I'm not a God? <laughs> oh, please. How do you know? Because it's not possible. I'll come back. Doris. This is Doris. Her brother-in-law, Carl, owns this diner. She's worked here since she was 17. More than anything else in her life, she wants to see Paris before she dies. Oh, boy, what a... What are you doing? This is Debbie Kleiser and her fiancé, Fred. Do I know you? They're supposed to be getting married this afternoon, but Debbie is having second thoughts. What? Lovely ring. This is Bill. He's been a waiter for three years since he left Penn State and had to get work. He likes the town, he paints toy soldiers, and he's gay. I am. <laughs> This is Gus. He hates his life here. He wishes he stayed in the Navy. Well, I could have retired on half pay after 20 years. Excuse me? This is some kind of trick. Well, maybe the real God uses tricks. You know, maybe he's not omnipotent. He's just been around so long. He knows everything. Oh, okay. Well, who's that? This is Tom. He worked in the coal mine until they closed the town. And her? It's Alice. Came over here from Ireland when she was a baby. She lived in Erie most of her life. He's right. And her? Nancy. She works in the dress shop and makes noises like a chipmunk when she gets real excited. Hey! It's true. How do you know these people? I told you, I know everything. In about five seconds, a waiter's going to drop a tray of dishes. Five, four, That's three, nuts. two, one. <laughs> okay. Crash. <laughs> yeah, so now he's kind of proven his point to her. And in a big way, there's no way that anybody would know all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, not in 1993. Now you could look it all up first before you went into the diner, I guess. <laughs> really did some prep work. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, so but this uh, now this kind of intrigues her, right? So yeah. now she kind of wants to hang out with him for the entire day. Yeah, and they actually spend uh, a day where he's not trying to manipulate her. He's yeah. he's telling her the truth, and they, you know, it it leads all the way up to them, you know, in his room, not making he's not making a move like yeah. he was trying to before, and she falls asleep, and that's that point where he has that he says that thing to her. I'm not gonna pull it because it's kind of long, yeah. longer than what we just listened to, and he just he then realizes, and he says it, like, I love you, Yeah. right? And so then starts the next day, and now I think you see, I guess it would be a redemption fill, but then also, it's, it's a fill Self-improvement fill. Self-improvement. It's a person who wants to, like, you know, just be a, wants to be a better man, Yeah. you know? And he, you see him, hold on, I wrote something down here. Let me look at this really fast. Um, Johann Strauss? you say it you see him like yeah. in a diner he's reading johann strauss um he's listening to um there's a piano playing in the background and he decides you know i'm gonna learn I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, learn yeah. to play take this time now instead of trying to manipulate people do all this yeah. stuff i'm gonna actually just better myself right oh, yeah so he goes and he uh he finds a piano teacher pays her a thousand dollars to and she st- kicks out the other yeah student. she has a student in there pays her a thousand dollars stop <laughs> that lesson and start working with him and so he does that. You see him learning how to uh, do eye sculptures uh, with eye a sculptures, yeah. with a, a chainsaw, chainsaw, which is pretty yeah. awesome. Um, you just see him, just you know, not trying to manipulate. Like, I keep saying it, not trying to manipulate people, but then just trying to, you know, let me take advantage of this and just yeah. you know do all these stuff. And then because you this- have time, it's just you're getting a lot of time that you can right say to focus on things, right? I guess. And right. then in this process, he's um, he sees the or uh, he gives the the old or the um, the homeless man finally like money yeah. at some point, but then he sees that homo- homeless man die, right? Yeah. And so now he gets like, I'm gonna make it my goal to keep him alive. To keep he's him on alive. a mission now. He's on a mission, and it do- and it it doesn't work out for him. Yeah. But you do see in this, I guess it's kind of a montage. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's music playing through it, but it's just kind of like little clips and stuff like that. Yeah, Can it be called a montage without yeah, music playing over it? I think there might be a little music in there. I mean, I Man, don't remember. think it'd be so memorable. But yeah. no. I remember <laughs> fe- the, him feeding the guy like in the diner. Oh, yeah, soup. Soups. Right. You know, food's coming out. And, right. And the guy's still passing away. Right, right. You know, so. But then he gives. A, he goes, he has to cut, co- he actually goes and covers the, the Groundhog Day again with Phil coming out, the Groundhog. Yeah. And he gives like this heartwarming speech, yeah. right? That everybody loves. Like, like all the other newsmen are kind of have their like their microphones in front of him and stuff. Like, oh, like, Phil, Phil, oh man, this is amazing. Phil Connors, oh, it's awesome. But then Rita kind of takes interest in him, and he's like, "No, I got to leave. Yeah, I got sorry, I can't talk to you. I got to leave. Maybe we'll talk later." And he goes and he saves some kid. Yeah, falling off out of the tree. Yeah, falling out of a tree, which he's done obviously multiple times because yeah. he's like he makes a comment to him every single time. I save you. You never say thank you. And then he runs into one of the restaurants and saves the mayor. Yeah, because he's choking, choking and dying. Yep. And then he runs over to another place, and these ladies have a flat tire, and so he changes. He's like, "I just happen to be here with a tire and yeah. jack, you know, just." He's just going around doing great deeds. He's doing great deeds. And when I was watching it, I didn't, like, I kind of thought maybe he's trying to, maybe he thought if I do all these good things, maybe that would redeem me so I can get out of this loop because I was a bad person. Or is he just genuinely doing that? I think he's just genuinely doing because there's, at no point really did he really try to figure out how to get out of it. He was, I think this this is all genuine. It wasn't him trying to say, you know, maybe if I do good, I'll be getting, I'll get out of the loop. So, I thought that as well until yeah. uh-huh. 
Think about it though. Like so, I mean, I this I'm I'm I'm, I'm now thinking about this. So let's let's yeah, yeah, put, put this together. let's put this together. Yeah, yeah. So I had this whole thing where we have good fill at the end, right? Yeah. So, but what if though it actually is manipulating Phil? So think about it though. All of the good deeds that he did, right? Mm-hmm. The saving of people's lives, the changing the tire, to even saving the couple's marriage or like couples, you know, getting married yeah. and stuff like that. Him learning piano all comes into one night, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes him seem like he's the greatest person ever to Rita. So mm. she shows up, she's he's playing piano already now. He's a master. Dude, what's up with your chair, dude? <laughs> sorry, he's a master. He's a master piano player. And then, yeah, I love the fact that the piano teacher's sitting there like, that's my student. Like, you know, yeah. make sure that she lets Rita know that I taught him. <laughs> and it's to her, it's one day. So that's kind of like, all right. But all right. then through this time in, in this party, you get the mayor and the mayor's wife comes up. Yeah. I don't know what order it is. I'm just going to throw stuff out there. Yeah. So, uh, thanking him for saving his life. And they're like best buddies. Rita sees all this stuff. You see the couple come in and thank him for, you know, giving her the push to get married. It's Michael Shannon, young Michael Shannon. In there. Young Michael Shannon. You pointed that out. Good yeah. call. You see, um, who's it? You see the, the, the old, old lady, ladies, the old lady show yeah. up. He's mm-hmm. the fastest jock in the West and yada, yeah. yada. Um, you even see as he's trying to leave to to leave the place, you see uh Phil or I'm Ned. sorry, Ned Ned shows up and Phil bought all this insurance Ed, from him. Yeah. So everybody thinks he's this great guy. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot that he also um gets auctioned off. Oh yeah. yeah. And he and she also sees this is after all these people came up to him. Yeah. And he has a brief conversation. And I thought that maybe he t- he tells her what happens, what happened to him, but I guess not. No, I don't think so. But he does have a car. You see them talking in the background. Yeah. But then he gets auctioned off, and she's out, and all these people bid, uh, bid for him. And Rita's the one that actually, you know, she spends all of her money. She em- her... empties out her checking account, yeah. and then uh, you know, gets him. So she sees all this stuff happening, and then as they leave, right, they stop in, you know, they're on the sidewalk somewhere, and he sculpts a, a, yeah. a sculpture of her face yeah. in ice. Uh, that's another thing that he learned. Yeah. So all the amazing one. all of his good deeds and all the things that he learned, he uses them all in one night. You know, that's not a bad way to look at it. It's the right? ultimate. It is the it. It is the, it's ultimate, the ultimate way to get, to get you know yeah, yeah. the love of your life to kind of be interested in you, right? So maybe this kind of sucks. It kind of pulls away from what the movie could, most likely is. You know, somebody who yeah. redeems himself and becomes a good person. To maybe if you just had to get out of this loop. You just had to sleep with Rita. <laughs> that was the end goal. Maybe yeah. that was the end goal. But they didn't sleep with each other that night. That's right. They didn't. No, because when they woke up the next morning and she's actually she, in the bed now. Yeah. And she said that he fell asleep. Yeah. Because he had a long day of doing every, saving everybody, fixing the town up and, and, and doing so. He, they never even slept together. I bet together. you that. You're right. I bet you that was done in purpose. So somebody yeah. like me doesn't come up to, <laughs> come, doesn't come to that conclusion because they never actually do sleep together. No. No. Okay then. But he does says he, he loves Movie her. Movie saved. He, he loves her after you know a a long, a very very long day and a lot of interaction from right. his from his perspective. But for her, it's been one day, and you know they they run out and he, he basically says let's 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 live here. Yeah. <laughs> or, but he says we'll we'll, we'll rent first. We'll rent. Let's rent first. Yeah. All right. So that's that's the movie in a nutshell. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll come right back. Guys, want an amazing night out where you get to enjoy award-winning wine with a comfortable and relaxing atmosphere? Well, if you're in the LA County area, 
Pacella Winery's tasting room is just an Uber ride away. The tasting room is very comfortable, laid back, and relaxing with ample seating and a heated back patio that offers a relaxing and private atmosphere. With over 35 years of collective winemaking experience, Steve Lemley and Nate Hasper joined forces in 2009 to create Pacella Winery's first vintage. The two share an uncompromised and very passionate approach to winemaking that continues to push the limits of their craft with every vintage. Highly rated and award-winning, Pacella Wineries even were named Wine Enthusiast Magazine's highest rated Zinfandel in the entire California Central Coast. With hotels and restaurants nearby, Pacello Winery's Tasting Room is the ideal date night experience. Make sure to mention this podcast when you visit and get a free tasting. Can't make it to the Tasting Room? Check them out online at PacelloWinery.com and feel free to email them for future wine deliveries in your area. That's Pacello Winery, P-U-L-C-H-E-L-L-A-W-I-N-E-R-Y.com. And remember, Pacella Winery simply doesn't just follow other winemaking trends, meaning there are no limitations to the envelope they push. That's PacellaWinery.com, P-U-L-C-H-E-L-L-A-W-I-N-E-R-Y.com. And we're back. Yes, we are. All right, so we went through the whole story. Yeah. Went through the whole movie, kind of... A little bit play by play and stuff, kind of you know, give our thoughts, pulled some stuff. But now let's 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 talk about some fun things. Let's talk about some spinoffs. So I've got two spinoffs, yeah. right? That I think that would be interesting. Uh, the first one is spinoffs kind of, or sequels. Spinoff slash sequel. Okay. So the first one I think is going to be a dark comedy. <laughs> a dark comedy. <laughs> and it's going to star Ned the Salesman. So <laughs> I think that this move, this spinoff, it's still got to be a, a time loop. Yeah. Um. I'm. I had a plot. I don't know if it applies. I think here, uh, Ned is now divorced. He's trying to get okay. back into the dating game. He sees a girl that he likes at the uh, like wherever he works at the insurance office in the insurance office, and he wants to impress her by taking her on a cruise. I don't yeah, know cruise I vacation. Sure, but he's got. Sounds like something that he's got to raise a bunch of money, and then as he like that first day. Starts doing it, gets gets caught a time loop, and things get pretty dark for him. I see, I see drugs, I see prostitutes, <laughs> oh my brothels. Um, there's some weird oh, stuff that happens with Ned. Ned goes into a dark, dark place. He's gonna manipulate some clients to make sure he gets those gets those policies right. I mean, he's already kind of doing that already. But yeah, full with a time loop, he can really take advantage of that. Yeah, but it it gets dark. Like we're talking. He's he's experimenting with everything and anything. Yes. All right. Next next spinoff I got is Gus. All right. So I got Gus re-enlisting to the Navy. Yep. Um. Probably like his first day back in. I guess is there a boot camp in Navy? I think there's boot camp in all mil- military arms of the military, right? But does he have? But he's re-enlisting though. Like he's already oh, been there. Does he need to oh, do he's re-enlisting now. Yeah. Probably he probably doesn't have to. Maybe a warm-up session. I don't know. I, I can ask some. We got to ask some of our military friends. Sure. All right. So, but his uh, first day is a time loop, also as a tomorrow style. So he's yeah. But I mean, that's military time. No, loop. I think Gus. Well, yeah, but Gus. I don't think there's going to be. He's not going to see any action. action. <laughs> it's more like Mikhail's Navy with Gus. This is '93. <laughs> Desert Storm is over, right? Yeah. Yes. It no, it's not. It's not. Is it? I believe. No, so. it's still going. Possibly. 
Look it up real quick. It's going. Okay. It's going. All right. So that's my two spinoffs. My bad. Um, they're not great. It's it's kind of it's pretty difficult with this movie. Bill or Bill Murray is such the obviously the star, but he's really he's really the main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody gets any kind of spotlight in this movie other than him. Yeah, Desert Storm was over two years prior. February twenty eighth, nineteen ninety one, was the end of that period of the Gulf War. All right. So Ned's not seeing. I mean, Gus not is not seeing any action. Hopefully, if anybody didn't know that, you're walking away with some knowledge. There you go. <laughs> All right. What else you got for me? You got anything? Yeah. I mean, is this your favorite time loop movie? I guess. I mean, I don't really know a lot of time loop movies. I know the Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, there is Source Code. I never saw it. Great movie with there, Jake. I can't say his last Jake name. Jake Hall. I'm, I'm not even gonna. I'm Maggie gonna Hall. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. She, probably, she plays Katie Holmes. Yeah, nope, didn't like that at all. Nope. Anyways, don't bring it up. <laughs> uh, Russian Dolls on Netflix. That's a really good one. I haven't I've, seen I've it. I've seen both seasons. Um, my wife watched the first season, and then I watched the second season without her. <laughs> all right, <laughs> but that's a good one. But there's a ton of them. There's like so many different versions of, of this concept on Netflix on, you know, they, they, it's like they pump out one every year with different iterations. There's a couple of TV shows that do it. It's, it, it's, it's a really ingenious concept. I really like, I like seeing the movies Oh, you like know what? That. There's another, so, there's another time loop movie that's on uh, Hulu. That's really good. It's with Adam Sandberg. Oh, what's oh. the name of that movie? That movie's pretty good. I'd recommend that for sure. My wife and I watched it, and it was pretty awesome. There's, there's so many of them. It's like it, <laughs> Groundhog Day was the uh, was the first, and people use that term, you know, for for identifying time loop kind of movies. So, and it won't be the last, but it is. It is. I really enjoyed watching this. Um, we're gonna like I, we mentioned, we we're gonna do Scrooged, and I I I. I I enjoyed this more than when I was rewatching Scrooge. Yeah. At Scrooge, I mean, we were going to do Scrooge. Scrooge is a little... Dated comedy, I'll call it. It was pretty dated. I don't know if that was going to hold up. We, we, For me, we, it wasn't. We talked about it. Yeah. Maybe next next Christmas we, we end up doing it again. So I got this for you, though. What do you got? Did you look up how many days he did this whole time loop thing? In the movie, did you look it up? No. You want to take a guess? Because I I did. Um, I'll take a guess. Go ahead. Ninety days. You know, ninety days. That's a really great educated guess, and that's pretty much right on par. Really? Yeah. Danny Rubin, nice. you know, has has. I mean, in the beginning, it was a few days. Like the 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 studio wanted to be like fourteen days, and they were like, "There's no way he could do all this stuff in a fourteen day time loop." Um, over the years, people have done a lot of research, try to figure it out. The number has grown. Um, it was, you know, it was eight years, went to thirty years, went right. to forty years. Actually, before um, um, Remus died, he he had. He kind of told people it was it was more around like 30, 40 years. Um, but later on, Danny Danny Rubin kind of confirmed that it was more than one lifetime. Um Does it do they say how many years it was till he became suicidal? No, they 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 don't. Um the way Rubin explained it, um he he wanted to 
have a scene in the movie that um, Remus nixed. Um, he wanted to show Phil reading one page a day from an entire uh, wall of books at the bed and breakfast um, in order of placement. And then he's after doing all of that, starting over again at the very first book, just to show, you know, how, you know, a, you know, how many years it took him to do all, all these things. Cause people online started doing, you know, to, to master piano and ice culture, you need like, what's that adage? 10,000 hours. So it kind of, um, built to there. Then online, there was a, for a time, people started saying it was like 10,000 years, right? No, it's a little much. Yeah. And actually, at, at first, Ruben wanted it to be um, that long, but that got nixed as well. And he kind of debunked it in like a blog post that, you know, at first he did want it to be something that long. He actually said there was going to be a line he had written um, that, and I'll read it to the quote, um that Phil was going to say to Rita that he had been waiting for you every day for 10,000 years, but they ended up nixing that line and nixing the whole concept of 10,000 years. So it's more than a lifetime. So 90 years, 150, that's a good, good number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's some good knowledge. You just spit at me, man. <laughs> All right. I think we can start wrapping this up. So, so does it still hold up for you? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, same. it absolutely holds up. So I got another thing I want to add to this. So because we're two dads and we're talking about movies and stuff like that. So how old do you think a kid needs to be for this to be, for them to understand this movie appropriate for them? You know, like, so this is a PG movie. Yeah. But how old would one of your kids need to be before you'd actually show this movie to them? So my daughter, my oldest, she's eight, she's about to be eight in April, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't show her uh because of the love scene with um nancy how he manipulated that uh, that's for me is a little much to show her at seven and a half eight years old sure so probably maybe nine or ten okay you know like you know when they when you know kids kind of know a little bit more of, of that kind of stuff right well that's perfect because um i'm taking well my father-in-law he's taking me and my 12 year old son and my 10 year old oh, daughter yeah. to go see perfect. it in the theater Perfect. On this Thursday on Groundhog's that's, Day. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would I think it's a it's good for a ten year old kid to see this movie. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they kind of grasp what's kind of going on. But the only issue is gonna be is it doesn't move fast enough for kids actually that are this I, age. Rewatching it, I thought the pace was pretty good for a movie in nineteen ninety three. Right. Like I really enjoyed everything. The comedy was good. It wasn't it wasn't um too much dated comedy like Scrooge, I'll, I'll say. You know, there wasn't a lot of physical comedy because Scrooge had a lot of physical comedy. This had some, but it was good. Like when he, you know, stepping into the puddle and, and you know, knocking out Ned a couple of times. Right. It was, it, was, it was just right. And that's why I think this is still holds up. And it will still hold up probably 10 years from now. I, I think this is an all-timer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, you know. Thank you to everybody that's uh, stuck around to the end of the podcast. Thanks uh, for uh, supporting us. Uh, please um, feel free to head on over to patreon.com slash still, what are we? Rot Your Brain Media. Patreon.com slash Rot Your Brain Media. Um, thanks again to our Patreon producer, Knight Rider 169 And uh, once again, thanks for everybody's support. Without you guys, this community does not grow. Also, for those of you that have been on the 
Still Holds Upside. Don't forget to check out our Last of Us podcast. It goes out every Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, check that out if you can. And um, we'll be doing a, more regular episodes of Still Holds Up. So be on the lookout for new episodes. Yeah, up Come. next, American Ninja. One of my favorites for when I was a kid. Let's see if it still holds up. Let's see if it still holds up. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Music composed by Jason Zaffrey. Additional bed music composed by Kyle Torme. Thanks for listening to this episode of Still Holds Up, a Rot Your Brain podcast. Subscribe to the Still Holds Up podcast feed at rotyourbrainmedia.com slash stillholdsup. Follow us on Twitter at rot underscore your brain and support Rot Your Brain Media and its podcast by being a part of this exciting new and growing community. Visit patreon.com slash rotyourbrain.com media.